Welcome to the Nations Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. How you guys doing? Hello and welcome to everyone online. Well, you got both of us today. Is that okay? Hello, hello. Two for the price of one. What did they pay? I don't know. (laughs) I don't ask these things. They double it. (laughs) How you guys doing? Happy to be at church today? Good wow. to see a packed house. Yes, yeah, yeah so, so good. good. You know, every year around this time of the year, we take the pulpit together, and yep. um, so anything can happen, and it probably will. Yep. Um, but we're passionate about wholeness, and that's uh, you know the season that we're in that, uh, as a church. That's actually one of our cultures is that we're about wholeness yeah. and um, allowing Christ to transform us from the inside out. I don't know if you know that so much of our lives depends on what's going on on the inside of us. Amen. Mm-hmm. So we want to disciple ourselves and the church to look more like Jesus, and that means getting whole. And one of the areas that we believe the lack of wholeness pops up in and manifests itself in, comes back to haunt us in some ways, is in the area of relationships. And so um, so today we want to just unpack that with you guys, both of us together. And for us, you know, we found that the three things in life that are the most difficult to say are these. And the first one is this, I need help. Mm. I don't know if that's a really difficult thing to say. That's hard to say. Yeah. Second thing, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Say that again. <laughs> Every time. I didn't quite hear Every that. time. I said, I'm sorry. I was wrong. <laughs> Music to my ears. <laughs> Tell us what the third most difficult the thing The third most say. difficult thing to say in life for me. It's definitely. Is definitely. Harder than the top two. Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. It's a nightmare. Sauce. I can never say it. Sauce. How'd that joke go down? Who wrote that word anyway? I mean, <laughs> seriously, soy is so much easier. Soy sauce. That was a... <laughs> Peanut sauce. We saw that meme on Facebook. Yes, we did. We should not spend so much time on Facebook. <laughs> Let's talk to these people about what we want to talk about today, darling. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, okay. So one of the greatest destroyers of peace and harmony that we personally have experienced in our marriage and even extending into our family, and I think something that we observe in our role as church leaders, you know, our job is people, 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 so we get to observe relational dynamic in so many, and we see this destructive pattern over and over again, and it's Pride. Everyone say pride. 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 We're going after it today. Pride. Pride will kill your relationships. Let me say it again. Pride is a destroyer of relationships. Uh, The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10, it said, pride leads to conflict. In the NIV version, the same um, passage, it says, where there is strife, there is pride. Not that there might be pride, not that there could possibly be pride, but where there is strife, there is pride. So pride is this force that is bringing conflict, that is bringing strife into our relational spaces. So today we've called this uh, sermon, we've called it Killing Pride. Kill it before it kills you. Kill That's it our subtitle. before it kills you. So violent, you. hey? Like, I love the action. Blood on the floor today at Nations Church. Pride is dying yes. in Jesus' <coughs> Amen. name. Amen. Amen. So 
Look, before you switch off, <laughs> you're like, ugh, pride. I know already, enough already, you know, like, humility, good, pride, bad. I got it, I know it, I know it all, <laughs> you know. Don't be so quick to dismiss another sermon on pride, you know. I want you, I, I'd encourage you all, zoom out and ask yourself a few questions. How are your relationships? How are they going? Are they all that you would like them to be? Ask yourself, on a scale of one to 10, how healthy are my relationships right now? If one is horrendous, oh my gosh, you have no idea. And 10 is like perfection, amazing, you know? Where are your relationships at? Ask the question. And so if you're at a 10 today, amazing. Like, go and have brunch, you know? You're off the hook, that's incredible. But for the rest of us, we'll stay and we'll listen. Um, you know, think about it. If you've got conflict going on anywhere, if you've got tension simmering, anywhere, if you have any aspect of your relationships right now that are perhaps cut off. I'm constantly astounded at how many people have relationships that they have just completely cut off, um, unresolved yeah. conflict, unresolved things. So maybe you're here today and you'd just like to see some improvements, improvements <coughs> in communication and relational dynamic. Well, then maybe, just maybe, it's time for us to open up to this idea that there could be pride at work and let's together today be prepared Great. to listen and yeah. prepared to examine our own hearts so that we can go after it. Amen? Yeah. I have a church on board today. Yes, let's go. Hallelujah. So, so you've got to ask, well, what is pride? You know, what is it that we're actually dealing with? And one of those Hebrew words that translates as pride, it derives from a root meaning that means this, to be high, mm. to be high. So this thought to be high is a great way of starting to encapsulate the idea of pride because pride wants to constantly elevate self, lift self up. So in relationships, pride is going to have this tendency to cause you to want to elevate or have an overly high view of your own stuff, your own opinions, your own points of view, your own needs, your own preferences, mm. your own way of seeing the world. Fundamentally, yeah. pride is going to cause you to put self, yourself, at the center of every relational dynamic. And the scripture is very clear, God hates pride. Yes. It's a strong word, and he uses it intentionally. God hates pride. It brings destruction. That's another proverb. Pride is the antithesis of the spirit yes. of Jesus. It is. And ultimately, God hates pride because pride's going to keep us away from the fear of the Lord. Pride is going to keep us away from fulfilling the two greatest commandments. Pride keeps us from properly loving God and properly loving others. You understand? Whereas Christ, he came in the spirit of humility, didn't he? He made himself low constantly. And what's more, he came preaching that his kingdom, the way up in his kingdom is actually down. That's what Christ preached about his yeah. kingdom. So we've got to stop minimizing pride and treating it like it's just a small thing. It is no small thing. Absolutely. And the trouble with pride is that often when we're in it, we don't know it. Mm. Hello. Yeah. 
Pride can be very deceptive, so and, and speaking from experience, yes, most proud people don't think they are, mm. right? Pride by nature is deceitful, and no, pride. Proud. Yeah, I'm not proud. <laughs> We've said that a lot. We've said that a lot to each other. <laughs> pride can deceive you into thinking that you, you're the one that's right, that everyone else is wrong, that you're really justified in your behavior, others are not, that your point of view is superior, everyone else's point of view is just null and void, they're just idiots anyway, you know? That, that your needs are really greater, that your hurt is really a lot more significant, and so on and so mm. forth, and, and we see these things as absolutely legitimate, and that's right, and mm. you know, we're right, not realizing that the deception of pride keeps us obsessed with ourselves, yeah. and our own thoughts, and it may just be the primary source of the very thing that's causing us all this angst and strife and conflict in our relationships and proud people will next to never admit that they're proud and that's what's so insidious and dangerous about pride so true because if we truly were to see the ugliness of pride we actually wouldn't want to be proud yeah if you actually saw its ugliness, pride is the ultimate deception. It tells you there's nothing wrong with you, that there is, that there is everything wrong with everybody else. This was the, the whole issue with Lucifer. Come on, pride was, is incredibly deceptive. Pride has killed more relationships between husband and wife, mm-hmm. parents and children, friends and family than anything else com- combined. At the root of every irreconcilable relational conflict, pride. Mm. And so if it's so hard to realize that we have pride, how do we spot it? What are the signs? Mm. Hello. How many of you know that we can't smell our own smell? (laughs) Right? So what are the signs? Well, let's help you with that by our very own extensive list of prideful behaviors that we've observed in each other. You guys ready for this? (laughs) Yes. 100% of this list has been demonstrated in our life, marriage, and household. 100%. Yes. 100%. So if you squirm in your seats today, that's all right. We squirmed first, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. Everyone's all right. First sign of pride, pride always needs to be right. Pride obsesses yeah. over being right. I tell you, being right's overrated. Anyway, uh, it, it, this is such a big area in relational conflict, this sense of I am right and you are wrong. And, and pride in us can't bear the thought that maybe we're both right in different ways. Maybe we're seeing this from a different perspective, or maybe we're both wrong, both in error. You know, pride struggles to entertain the legitimacy or the validity of another person's point of view in a particular conflict or or, or, um, argument. You know, pride would rather destroy relationship to be right rather than preserve relationship and forego that need to be right. Yeah. You know, we've got to get over the need to be right. <clears throat> Second sign, pride hates being corrected by authority figures. Ouch. Mm. You, know? you know, nobody arcs up more than when, when they're being called out by, on their behavior by some sort of authority figure. It might be a leader, might be a, a parent, might be a boss or whatever, than, than a proud person. They're really going to arc up in that situation. It's a very obvious pride test. What is your first reaction 
when you get called out on something you said or something you did, like how do you handle yeah. that space of good. correction? Like did you feel personally attacked? Did you take that correction as a deep criticism or do you stop and reflect? Do you stop and think, wow, I, I didn't realise I came across that way or I didn't realise I sounded or behaved that way? You know, we're not talking about someone that has no authority in your life, somebody that perhaps wants to overreach and, and correct you. But what about those people who, who truly have a degree of oversight in your life and oversight in your world. Can they correct you? And this test of, mm. of correction, you know, whether or not um, you're defiant and defensive in those moments or whether you're open and responsive in yeah. those moments. Very That's good. a great indicator as to whether or not there's pride. And we know that nobody likes being called out and corrected. But Hebrews tells us that God corrects those he loves. Yes, amen. He corrects those that he loves because mm. you're not there yet. Mm. And if you're not there yet, you need someone to help you get there. Amen. You know, and, and we'd all rather be complimented and praised, but we don't grow as much by being complimented and praised. We grow through this process of correction. Amen. So good. On that same thought, pride is not teachable. Mm. Pride is not teachable. How many of you ever talked to someone and, and, and the, the response is, I know, I know, I know, I know, but, 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 right? but, 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 but. <laughs> <laughs> That's often the response when a proud person is being taught or shown a better way. Yeah. It's not about being spineless or, or not standing up for anything or what you believe or anything like that. We're not talking about that. But pride actually thinks that they know it all. Mm. They've seen it all. Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, <laughs> right? And sometimes unteachable pride can be worse among us who are actually more mature and have been mm. around a long time. We think that the older we get, the less there is to learn yeah. how wrong we are, yeah, that's right. right? I've been a leader a long time, and I can tell you some of the hardest people to lead are people that have been around a long time <laughs> because they feel like, you know, that's, what can you teach me? I've, I've seen it all. I've been there, done that. So in a relational context, when pride is present, we're simply not open to the idea that we could learn something new. <laughs> Just not open to it. Like yeah. a teachable spirit says things like, wow, I, I never thought about it like that. I've never seen that from that perspective. Wow, that is a really valid way of doing things. Wow, I've never thought about doing it that way. Pride simply shuts down any opportunity you might have to learn mm. and grow and be a better person. Mm. Another sign of pride is that pride manifests itself this in self-pity. In self-pity when it's cornered. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you how this works because this has worked a lot uh, in my life. See, when the evidence of wrongdoing becomes too compelling to defend, when you're called out for something, a behavior, whatever, and instead of contriteness and taking responsibility, pride inevitably defaults in self-pity. Mm. And rather than truly taking responsibility, pride always says, oh, you don't understand. My life is so hard. You got no idea what it's like to walk in my shoes. You've never been in my position before. <laughs> Being married to you is so hard. It's all your fault. See, Pride plays the self-pity card as the ace to get out of admitting that they need to change. Yeah, so true. To take responsibility for their part in the relational mess. And that's why when a proud person is confronted about their behavior, after the initial outburst of defiance and defensiveness, then come the flood of tears and the self-pity. All the excuses about why it's all so hard, how being married to you has destroyed me. It's just, this is just so toxic. This marriage is so toxic. I'm damaged because of you. <laughs> no one can move forward with that sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? 
When self-pity is played, there's no way, nowhere to go with yeah. that. There's no way to build moving forward. It's, it's, no one's owning their need to change. And yeah. there were times in our marriage, to be honest with you, it was just one big old big pity fat party. pity party. Yeah. And it was so disempowering because we had nowhere to go with that. Yeah. God couldn't do anything yeah. with that. It was this front, this, we trumped down self-pity. Let's go self-pity, go harder. And everyone just self-pities at each other. But there was nowhere that God could work because we closed off mm. on God doing any recognizable change yeah. in our lives. It's just another manifestation of pride. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so um, another sign. Pride minimizes its own faults and amplifies the faults of others. Wow. So yeah. proud people are very quick to jump on other people's faults and just have this judgmental, critical thing going on in them when it comes to everybody else's faults, but when it comes to their own faults, there's this minimization, there's this justification. Um, and that's why Jesus gave us one of these amazing keys um, to relational wholeness. It's found in Matthew chapter gold. seven, yeah, when Jesus says, why don't you inspect the plank in your own eye instead of nitpicking at that speck in your brother's eye? Who knows that scripture out of Matthew yeah. chapter seven? You know, it's one thing to know it. And it's an incredibly <laughs> different thing to be living in this revelation and truth. Jesus was actually asking us to do the exact opposite of what pride will make you do. You know, Jesus says, first, inspect your own faults. And it's the size of a plank compared to your brother's speck. You know, like there's this relative, like, I think what he was trying to say is spend the majority of your time inspecting your own wow. self, you know? Um, and if you have trouble applying Matthew chapter 7, right there, that's a sign that there's pride operating in your life. Like when in our marriage and um, in this dynamic, I was all over the speck of dust in your eye. Like I, I knew that thing intimately and I could list in abundance detail all the ways you were underperforming as a husband. And yet, I had a well-crafted set of excuses as to why I might be just slightly underperforming as a wife. You know, like, like it, it was going on, this, this magnification yeah. over here and a minimization over here. And it's a perpetuation of pride. And if we want it to break, we have to reverse that trend yeah. in Jesus' name. I was so caught up in that, in that space. Another sign of pride Pride doesn't listen with the intention to truly understand. Yeah. So mm. pride might kind of be hearing you when you talk, but when you're talking, it is already formulating a comeback. It's already thinking mm. about the rebuttal. It's already <clears throat> thinking about what it's going to say to, you know, dismiss everything that you've just said. You never Sometimes, I know, <laughs> yeah, ourselves included, you know, sometimes pride will, you know, interrupt you halfway through your talking. It's just like jumping at the bit to jump in there and peg you down with its superior argument or its superior opinion or point of view. You know, maybe you've been in in a verbal conflict like that. Or maybe someone's been in a verbal conflict with you that felt a bit like that. You know, whenever we find ourselves 
formulating our comeback while someone's talking instead of truly seeking to understand. You know, we're murdering any chance of reconciliation. We're murdering that relationship. You become way more interested in being heard than you are in truly listening. And you've got to ask yourself, how are we going to move forward relationally in that space? Like love and, and, and relational wholeness really respectfully will listen to the person that they're in relationship with. Yeah, so good. You guys doing okay? Yeah. Online doing okay? Don't, don't tune out, <laughs> don't okay? Tune out. <laughs> it does get better, but we're going to feel a bit more pain before we feel, we feel better about it, okay? Here's a big one for me. Here's a big sign for me for pride. Pride actually struggles to be vulnerable. How many of you yeah. struggle with vulnerability? <laughs> well, that's pride. No hands? <laughs> no, no. no. No one's being vulnerable, just me. <laughs> See, the, the reason why conflict escalates in the presence of proud people is because pride actually struggles to be vulnerable. Vulnerability, yeah. it almost diffuses conflict. See, if you were vulnerable, you'd actually avert conflict before it even got a chance to really start, yeah. right? Yeah. So vulnerability for me, so, so say we're having like, a, like a, a parenting issue at home, vulnerability for me sounds like this, honey, I've been thinking a lot about the conversation we were having, how, how you, you, you addressed something with me today, and I know you asked me what was up with the way that I talked with Jensen, and you, I gotta be honest with you, truth be known, I was really unsure how to parent Jensen in that particular mm. scenario. I've been struggling a little bit with parenting Jensen, being a dad, to a teenage boy and all the different challenges around that. Can you help me mm. with that? Hear the voice of vulnerability? Mm. Yeah. Wow. Right? You can immediately sense that any kind of potential conflict is diffused. Yeah. But when pride is present, there is no way I'd want to fess up to actually struggling in parenting a teenage boy. Mm. Yeah. No way I'd want to do that. That would actually mean being vulnerable. Yeah. What I would say, and I have <laughs> said it, is now nah, I'm fine. <laughs> How many, how, how many of you men just like, that's your, that's your trombone, now I'm fine. Stop nagging, me, stop nagging me about how I talk to Jensen. When he comes out of his room and apologizes, then I'll talk to him nicely, right? Right? That's, that's, the, that's the, the lack of vulnerability. Where does that come from? That's actually pride. And you know what? It kills off yeah. any potential for healthy relational dynamics. You've got to kill it before it kills you and your relationships with your yeah. kids. Come on. Yeah, amen. So for me, pride stopped me from being vulnerable, not just to, to Chrissy, but to, to my own kids. Mm. Because what I should be saying as a dad are words like these. This might sound foreign to some of you. It's like, son, I'm so sorry how I spoke to you today. That wasn't right. That's just not sure right now how to navigate this issue with you. But let's talk about it. Let's pray together. Let's work this out together. Mm. I love you, son. Mm. I'm on your side. Yeah. Awkward to say, yeah. but life-giving. Yeah. So Make sense? Yeah. See, if you have pride, these vulnerable conversations are absolutely impossible because your pride is going to want to scream at you. You go, stop. Don't be vulnerable. Don't yeah. show that side of you. Be defiant. Yeah. Right? <laughs> The other sign of pride for me is that pride makes us self-important. Mm. This is a huge one where many of us don't actually know what is going on in the inside of us. It's, it's probably the thing that makes us do narcissistic things without us even realizing that we are. Mm. 
It's the thought, the predominant thought of this type of pride is that my needs are greater and more real than yours. Mm. You need to drop everything and come and help me. This is really common, particularly um, with parent and adult children relationships where it, it works both ways, where maybe on one side of the fence are, are, are aging parents that call their, their adult kids twice a day, getting them to drop everything, their beck and call and come and help them because they, 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 they just feel like that's, their needs are important. Or maybe the, the other side of the equation, the adult kids that their parents all the time and asking for money and to borrow this and it's a, it's a sixth time this week you need to babysit our grandkids because she's got you know a, a girl's night out plan and, and I've got like a box night I need to, to rack <laughs> off have our kids right it's the thought that we are more important than you yeah pride is not necessarily thinking that you're better than someone else because even proud people can 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 see that some people are just better at some things than than we are but this type of pride manifests itself in the whole thing of I'm more important than you. Mm. Mm. My needs, my offenses, my hurts, mm-hmm. my, my gripes, my complaints mm. are more important. It's the mm. kind of thing that will drive somebody saying, I want to see the manager. <laughs> I need to talk to the pastor. No, no, you're the assistant pastor. I, need, I want to talk to the pastor. What? It's that kind of pride that makes you feel like you are important. Makes sense to you guys, mm. right? You guys had enough? <laughs> There's so many more, but we don't have enough time. <laughs> that's enough. That's enough. That's, that's enough, enough for now. That's enough wounding for one day. <laughs> this is the stuff that's in us, in yeah. our, our marriage, in our relationships. We know that these are hard truths, but... I hope that you actually sense like the life-giving nature of exposing these things because if we don't reveal them, how can we actually remove them? Like if this force is killing our relationships, bringing strife and conflict, as the word says that it will, we need to reveal it so that we can remove it. Amen? You know, we don't know how to love you guys in your relationships any better than to go after the root of these things. Amen? So be encouraged and empowered today. Uh, you can really see how pride through all of these signs, how it steals and it kills and it destroys any chance of a healthy, life-giving relationship. And, and we have to kill it before it kills us Amen. if we want to. If you're really interested in having a great marriage, like if you're really interested in having you know, healthy whole relationships, we have to do this hard work. Yes. We have to really actually go after it. And this is our little pride, humility, relational equation. If we can put that yes. up on the screen right now. It's just a simple way of thinking about it. You get a proud person plus a proud person, that equals no chance. No chance. <laughs> no chance <laughs> of healthy relationships. no chance. That's a recipe for disaster 100% of the time. Now, this second scenario is a more challenging yeah. scenario. You get a proud person plus a humble person. And, and we acknowledge the difficulty here, absolutely, when one person has got a real conviction, revelation about humility and is doing their level best to walk in it, but the other party that you're dealing with just does not. You've got to know that your humility gives that relationship at least half a chance, right? At least half a chance yeah. because your humility actually might have the power to disarm someone else's pride. Yeah. Like humility begets humility. Who said sorry in one occasion and it's actually lent itself to the other person 
then saying sorry, you know, because the, the scripture is very clear. God gives grace to the humble. So even if one party brings humility into that space, the grace of God can start to flow in that relational space. So that's half a chance when we got pride plus humility. And finally, you get humble plus humble. Now we've got every chance. Yeah, absolutely. Like every chance of flourishing, every chance of thriving relationally. There might still be conflict and disagreement, but when you get humility plus yeah, humility, it lasts two minutes. Yeah, it absolutely. Lasts, it, honestly, it just lasts, it's diffused so quickly in yeah. the presence of humility. Amen? You guys doing Okay. So now that we've really identified it and its operation, how do we actually go about dealing with it? How do you, do you actually kill, kill pride? How do you root it out of your relationship? So, so we, we're actually going to um, get real practical from here. Is that okay? The first, first way of killing pride and the first principle, if, you, if you'd like, is just to be open. Yeah. Actually be open to the idea that if there are areas of ill health in my relationships, maybe pride might actually be operating in my life. Because mm. if you're closed off to that right now, we're not going anywhere with it. Yeah. See you later, go and have brunch, right? <laughs> you won't, your life won't change. Go and live that toxic life that's up to you. See ya. <laughs> but if you actually go and be open to the idea, ask some trusted people, hey, do you identif- do you, do, can you identify any areas of pride in my life? Mm. Do you, can you see that in me? Like I said before, you can't smell your own smell. <laughs> I smell pretty good. No, you don't, right? <laughs> Just go through the signs that we talked about. Ask someone and say, hey, do, do I always come across like I need to be right? Do I hate being corrected by people that call me out on my behavior? Do I come across as unteachable and know it all? Do I have self-pity? Is that my trump card? You know, do I criticize other people but I justify my own behavior? All that sort of stuff. Do I struggle with vulnerability? See, if you're not even open to asking these questions, that's a sure sign that you're proud. <laughs> Right there. Right there. Right it's there. a short. If you're not even open to asking anyone if they can identify yeah. that in you, right there. So if pride is deceptive, then we need to break the cycle. Yeah. And you Amen. break the cycle by being open about the possibility that maybe you've got this. Now, it might not be so prominent in your life. It might just be insidious. Yeah. But maybe just be open to the fact that in different times and in different seasons, mm-hmm. it rears its ugly head. Yeah. And if it does, we want to kill it. Yeah. Right? Amen. Uh, Second practical key to killing pride in your life and relationships, it says, restore your position before God. Restore your position before God. See, we know that the opposite of pride is humility. And the very first place we need to humble ourselves is before the Lord. We need to come in humility before Him. So we understand that pride is elevating self in an unhealthy way. And I promise you that trait does not work in the presence of the Lord. It 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 just doesn't work in his presence. We need to humbly understand our position before God as a starting point in rooting pride out of our life. And our position before God is twofold. It's one where, yes, we're completely loved. Like flaws and all today. You are completely loved. But the other aspect of it is you are completely dependent on him. Completely dependent. So this posture of humility before the Lord understands that everything I am 
And everything that I have has graciously come to me from mm. him. You know, the very breath in my lungs is God-given. You know, the health you have, the intellect you have, the gift you have, the ability you have, the salvation that you have, hello? It's all from him. It's all from him. Without him, we're stuffed. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, without, if we wake up tomorrow again, if there's breath in our lungs again tomorrow, that yes. is a gift to Amen. us from God. You know, Paul, when he um, was dealing with a pride problem amongst Corinthian Christians, he asked these great pride identifying questions. He says this, he says, what do you have that you did not receive? Isn't that a great question? Just see Lara on that for a moment. What do you have mm. that you did not receive? And if you received it, then why do you boast as if you had not? Such a robust question. And, and you can push back on that and like, oh, I've worked hard for what I have. I earned it. You know, I studied for mm. this. And it's like, yeah, but with what hands? With what, with what brain, with what intellect, with what ability, all yeah. with the package deal that God, in His graciousness, He gave it to you. Beautiful. You know, you know um, deeply knowing these truths, our position before God becomes a foundational underpinning of walking then in humility before man. We're not product of our own making. God has been gracious to us. God has been good to us. And, and you know, humbling ourselves before the Lord will then precede hum humbling ourselves before people. It's very hard to have an intimate knowledge of your utter dependency on God, but then go wow. and elevate yourselves wow. above everybody yeah. else around you. Those things are not very compatible. So mm. get this right before Him, and it now paves the way for me to get it right before people. Does that make sense? Yeah, so good. The, th the third way uh, to kill pride is actually just to repent. Mm. Amen. It's a word that's not often spoken about in churches, but mm. it's, a, it's a great yeah. gift from God yeah. to get us to deal with our pride, and that is just simply to repent. And we have this thing about repentance. The word repentance is metanoia, to change yeah. your thinking. So it's literally moving 180 degrees away from the trajectory that you're on, on this prideful life to say, hey, I actually don't want to be that guy or that girl, that man, that woman. And I'm turning away from that and to live this life that Jesus has for me, which is the life of humility. And the quicker we realize that pride actually hates us, that it wants to destroy us, it wants to destroy our relationships, that it wants to make us repulsive to relate to, it wants to make us exhausting to deal with, the quicker we want to repent of it because we don't want to be that person. Yeah. Come on. You know what? The quicker we realize how much the Lord actually detests pride because of what it does to us and our relationships, the quicker we are going to want to repent from it. When I realized how toxic pride was to our marriage and my parenting and, and my leadership, when I realized what it made me become, I didn't want it in my life, and I repented. And my only regret to this day was that I kept it around in my life for so long, mm. and I hadn't repented of it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. When I realized what it was doing to me, 1 Peter 5 says this, all of you clothe yourselves with humility. All of you. So there's, no one is accepted from this, right? All of you. But, 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 I know, I know, I know. Even those people. <laughs> All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another yeah. because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. This is really, really beautiful. 
humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Yeah. This is the revelation you need to catch. Nobody can give me humility. Mm. You can't shove it down my throat. I can't get it from the shops by swiping <laughs> my credit card. I can't yeah. buy humility. Yeah. You can give me lots of things. You can wrap up gifts in a present. You can buy something that's made in China and wrap it up in a box and give it to me. You can give me lots of things. But what you can't give me yeah. is humility because the Bible says I need to humble myself. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm the only one that can deal with a pride issue and kill it before it kills me. And the only one, the only person that can that, that, that can walk and live out a yeah. life of humility is myself. And the only way that I can do yeah. that is by repenting. So good. So good. Another scripture just pops up to me just now, you know, when we confess our sins, you know, He is faithful and just yeah. to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't you let condemnation beat you up right now. All we need to do is come before Him humbly with confession and repentance. Yeah. And He's so good. He, he cleanses Such us from that God. unrighteousness. He sets us yeah. clean in His presence again. Final practical point. After you've repented, we've got to humble ourselves before others. Humble ourselves before others. Once we've repented before God, we have to ask for forgiveness from others. You know, if you really want to break the back of pride in your life, you have to go to your brother. You have to go to your spouse. You have to make it right with others. Because if you've been proud in that relationship, if you can see that pride operating then, then by default, you have not been loving. And how do I know that? I know that out of 1 Corinthians 13, where it says, love is not proud. Love is not self-seeking. So if pride has been there, and if self-seeking has been there, then by default, love was not there. And if love was not there in that moment, in that situation, in that conversation, then there's every chance those prideful ways have actually caused hurt. They've actually caused damage. And if you're serious about seeing the relationship heal and progressing forward in love, you need to ask for forgiveness. You need to make it right with that person. Don't buy into the enemy's lie. He will whisper to you, hey, you don't need to make it right with them. You've repented before God. That's enough. You'll do better now. You'll just go forward. You don't have to admit that before people. I tell you what, that is a lie to keep you trapped in a prideful cycle, those same old patterns. We have to learn the language of humility. And that's coming before one another and saying things like, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for, for those prideful ways, for those things I said, for those things I've done. I'm so sorry for that action that, that has caused you hurt. I did that. You know, I was wrong. I take responsibility. I'm, I'm owning that. Will you forgive me? This is the language of yeah. humility. And you notice it doesn't have a but. <laughs> the language of humility does not have a but. It is prepared to take full responsibility, like all the responsibility. That's hard. 
It's really hard, you know, and so often and in our dynamic, and I know in other relational dynamics, we all say sorry, but it always has a but. I'm sorry, but you, you know, I'm sorry, but this, I'm sorry, you don't know how. It's not true humility. It's not true, you know, it's not truly asking for forgiveness. If we put that butt on and go off, and it, we're just making excuses. We're just starting a brand new argument. I remember how excruciating it was for me when I started apologising without the butt. <laughs> It's like, I'm sorry. (laughs) And like inside of me, I can feel the spirit of pride rising up. I feel all those justifications and arguments and, oh, I could rebut this so good right now, you know. You're all laughing because you've been there too, you know. But to just take the full responsibility for my part, it takes two to tango, right? If you were there in the middle of that relational ding-dong, you know, you were part of it. What are you owning? What are you going to say sorry for? You know, the, the, the encouragement is as we speak this language, it gets easier to speak. You know, the more you speak it, the more fluent you become and the easier it will flow. And, and, and what's more, you can expect joy to come into your relationships. You can experience a deeper level of relationship. When humbling comes, healing comes in Jesus' name. Healing comes. So good. Yeah. yeah. We want to kill pride before yeah. it kills our Amen. relationships, kills us, erodes away at all of the things that Jesus died and rose again to experience. Was that helpful to you guys online? We hope that was yeah. too. Can we give Jesus yeah. a big shout of praise? Thank you so much, Chrissy. Thanks for listening to the Nations Church podcast. For more info, please visit nationschurch.com. Thank you.